Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Good morning and welcome to a new edition of the Arsenal Opinion Podcast. We are coming at you live on Tuesday morning. The podcast is called Monday Night Football because we've just about finished all of the weekend's games. So we'll do a little bit of analysis there. I'm joined by a man like Matt Candela. How are you doing, Matt? I'm good. I'm good. Well, apart from uh, the bad news that emanated from the Arsenal camp today regarding Jurian Timber, which we will get into. Um, but I'm good. Uh, he's 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 not so good. Yeah, we'll talk. We'll we'll get into the details on that. Is it nice to have the Premier League back? Oh, it's so good, isn't it? You forget. I mean, it doesn't feel like it was gone for long. And one of the uh, subjects of conversation is just how little rest players are getting. But for the spectator, it's amazing that it's all back uh, today. Uh, Wolves and Manchester United. We saw Chelsea and Liverpool in action yesterday. Tottenham, new look Tottenham. So um, lots to noodle on. Indeed. Uh, we've got we've got lots to chunk on with, but there is a little tradition. Hottest of takes. Hottest of takes. Three hottest of takes. The AOP, hottest of takes. Make it spicy. It's a Monday evening, Matt. How spicy can one possibly make it? Well, um, my spiciest of hot takes is unfortunately a negative one. It's about Durian Timber. Um, I think this is devastating news that he's going to be out with what looks like an ACL injury. Certainly the news emanating from all the, from the club is that it's a severe knee injury. Everyone's talking ACL. Everyone's talking probably the season. We've spoken on the podcast. I think I said he's on first choice fullback for me uh, from what I, what I saw in preseason, from what I saw in the community shield. He's our new signing. Arteta has already been praising his monster mentality and to lose him on game day one is just a massive, massive blow. This is like Liverpool losing Trent for the season. It's like Manchester City losing Carl Walker for the season. It's like Chelsea losing Reese James for the season. That's the level 
of impact I think this is this Ooh. is going to have and um and it's just really really devastating and it's affected my mood so god knows what it's done to the camp I'd imagine that everyone is feeling very low very sad and what you've got to remember is this is a guy who's just moved country he's moved to a new club he must be absolutely devastated by this news and anything we can do to to help and make him better is is going to be really important but that's the level of devastation that we're going to need to bounce back from um before we play crystal palace so has park spicy take but also a sad take feeling uh feeling a, a little bit a little bit teary-eyed right now my hottest of takes is going to riff off of yours i'm just thankful that we've got a really good squad i mean it's i'm devastated for Durian Timber on a personal level. Like, I just can't imagine, you know, you, you've come over from Ajax, you've slotted into the system, the, this hot manager loves you. There's a fan base that won't mind. All of your followings on social have gone up 55-fold already, and you do that on the first game. And it's just like the the luck involved. I mean, he's such a fit, um, well-built, 22 year old and you're just like whoa it's 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 upsetting and it feels like we've got a bit of a curse when it comes to our fullbacks but the power of the squad this time last year an injury like that to Ben White and we have to change the whole way we play because Tommy Asu is either not fit and you're having to lean into Cedric Suarez or Tommy, Tommy Asu is fit and he's just a very functional right back he can't invert doesn't break the lines in the same way doesn't have the same footballing brain this year uh, Durian Timber's out, Zinchenko comes back into play. And Zinchenko was arguably one of our best players last season. Ben White is still a very, very good right back. And I don't think Timber was taking his right back spot immediately. I know Arsenal fans have fallen head over heels in love with Timber. But Ben White's still a very, very good player. And I think the depth that we've got defensively now, Kivior can cover for Zinchenko, kind of. Tommy Asu can definitely cover uh, for Ben White, if he retains fitness. And we've always got the option, if we don't move for someone in the market, of keeping Kieran Tierney around if his feelings aren't too damaged and if he will accept not getting minutes for another season. He did say at the end of last season that he got enough minutes last year. I think he got between 1,200 and 1,700 minutes. <clears throat> so the squad planning has helped. I just didn't want to see us have to lean into the squad this hard. And I didn't want to not see Timber until he was 23. And that kind of looks like where it is at the moment. So a super disappointing start to the show. Um, I don't know whether we can call those takes spicy. They're sad takes, um, but we move on. Let's just go right into uh, let's go right into Timber because <clears throat> there's a lot of, I kind of uh, swallowed something there. It's like I've swallowed a fly. So I'm sorry if I'm sputtering at the microphone. Um, Timber uh, has, he's had one scan. It sounds like they've established the problem. It sounds like uh, his family appears to have been leaking to the media because Arsenal haven't confirmed anything on the dot com. And the news is that it's an ACL. The immediate... they, they confirmed they confirmed it's a serious knee injury. Serious knee injury. Okay, yeah. so we you know we're we're, lo we're looking at long term. You know we've already gone through this with Gabriel Jesus. Arsenal fans' reaction is to always find uh, a scapegoat, and they went after the medical team really hard. They blame the doctor. Then they blame the fact that we've got a new doctor and everybody started gunning for it. And then they're pointing out that we've got bad injury problems. I just want to put my hand up and say, I think that this is unfair um, for people to go after and just put a couple of things 
that I know uh, basically for fact on the record, if he'd gone in at half time and, and it was a tear, there is no difference in recovery time between an ACL tear and a rupture. Six to eight months either way. Secondly, you can't take a player out of action every time they feel a knock in a knee. Otherwise, you'd be substituting players all the time. Thirdly, they have clinical tests that they they run in the dressing room to work out whether the knee turns properly, um, to work out whether it's busted. If he had an ACL blowout, they would have recognized it. So he obviously passed the test. You can't guarantee that he doesn't have damage in the knee, but the only way that you could do that is scan his knee, and you'd probably have to scan it twice. Not possible. So whilst this is terrible news, pointing the finger of ineptitude at our medical team feels way off the mark. And then I've seen people going after the grass. I've seen people going after training methods. It's like everybody needs to calm down. We don't always need a scapegoat for these things. But I just wanted to put it to you, Matt. Um, what's your thoughts on, on on the injury? Like, are we going a bit rash uh, already? I think um, my perspective is let's zoom out a little bit first. A lot of ACL injuries happening at the moment. A lot. Um, they're rampant in the women's game. They're rampant in the women's game. And and I think they're, that's that's an even more complex uh, arena because there's all sorts of link with like menstrual cycle and ACL injuries. And it, it gets even, even and, and they're, they're even more common and more reoccurrent. And it's sort of scary. Um, in the men's game, they tend to be a rarity. And yet, I think we've had like six high-profile ACLs since the season started. We've had Militao, we've had Courtois, we've had Tyron Mings. It just feels like there's been a lot. And I think it's difficult to look beyond the fact that I think players aren't getting enough rest. Um, because when do ACL injuries happen? When players are tired. There's, some, there's, just a, there's, there's a connective thread between fatigue and ACO injuries. That's just 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 a, a fact. Um, and you know, I really do think that you know we were talking in a, through a, through a different lens about how it seems that like even footballers on their summer holidays are you know doing some form of pro- almost professional training. You know, yeah. they have to be doing that. So they're basically going away. They're getting no real break. It's great for the spectator. They're coming back. The demands are always ever higher. The intensity is ever higher. The expectations are ever higher because a preseason is no longer um, an opportunity to gain fitness. It's you lose a game in preseason, and people say, "Is he the right manager for the job?" Um, and I think all of this is the reason why I think we're just going to go and see more and more and more ACL injuries, and it may be the reason why in the future we have to have squads of thirty people because people can't play as many games as they're currently playing. Like, like I, you sort of look at it, and then there's the counter-argument. Oh, well, look at Messi. He played 60 or 90 games or whatever, but a season... Freaks in every sport. But but this is it, it, there's definitely something going on with, with the sheer number. Then let's look at the game itself. Now, my understanding is that the knee that was injured in the first half is different. Is, was a different leg from the knee that... That, that's done the the ACL, I believe. Um, the first one was a contact injury. The second one was um, he was sort of backpedaling. It was just like, and that was why I was convinced. And I think I tweeted it, and people were having a go at me straight away. I was convinced it was an ACL straight away because 
there was, there was no impact. It's like, what else is it going to be when it's that bad? And he's not in like obvious pain, but it's it's clear he can't continue. It's just always the way. It's like the little those. That's always the worrying one. Um, and and so I, I don't think we can die. I don't think he had it at half time. You know, I think there are protocols happened. I don't think he tore his ACL before. I think he, he it happened in that movement in that moment. Um, I do remember though looking at that knock in the first half. And there are people in the group chats going, well, that's him done for the game. And I did think that the reaction, the length of time it took him to recover from the knock, the body language on that knock, it didn't look like one you recover from to me. It just didn't. It just looked like a longer one. Everyone in my group chats was like, okay, that's him off. And then he came out. I think it's one of those where you need to maybe just not just trust the player's word, but look at the body language, look at what happened and just go, actually, it's the first game of the season. Um, we're trying to keep everyone fit. Um, you've obviously like hurt yourself pretty badly, even though you're saying you're fine. We're 2-0 up. Is that the moment when you use the squad? Is that the moment where you don't, you have to sort of trust your gut? Because I was really surprised to see him come out for the second half didn't look like he was and I feel like it was that you look back on those sliding doors moments and that was you know he doesn't come out he doesn't do the he doesn't do his ACL um so there's a little bit of frustration there um and then you know I think we have to be realistic players typically don't come back the same player I know that's really not what we want to hear but you know holding chambers Ah, yeah, Holding Chambers better in, you know, enough said. Um, Theo Walcott, enough said. Robert Pires came back pretty much as good. Um, but, you know, if your game's built on power and speed, you, you, you rarely get that back. And they talk, they say it's two years, really, to get back to... They were talking about there's a trend in physiotherapy where there's like a phobia around the around the injury that 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 lasts longer than the physical recovery is a mental recovery. So I wish Yeah, because you don't trust that the knees not you don't trust explode. it. So, yeah. so I hope that that's and I know there's there's not a lot of positive there, but yeah, I can't I can't I'm not blame I'm not specifically blaming an individual or saying this guy's someone this this it's this person but I do think it's a I do also think it's a little bit of a coincidence that he was badly injured and then maybe was he compensating was it something like that was he was he was he was, was he not quite a full strength it, did, it didn't feel like he was coming out and 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 should have come out in that second half do I think the injury is the same injury no yeah, I, look, I I can understand how you land there. It's, you know, you can retroactively look at something and say, well, you know, they, they should have taken him out of the line of fire. But how many times have we seen Bakayo Saka wince or, you know, look like he's in a lot of trouble and then he gets back up and he plays yep. again? And it's it's not just it's not just the, the club doctor that makes those decisions. Um, club doctor will say whether this knee has blown out or whether it's good to go. They do all of those tests that are completely standard across the Premier League. And if he says yes, then it's down to the manager. And you know Mikel Arteta, and he'd be like, we've got one leg. Get out there, son. 
because availability and playing through pain seems to be part of who what he's about right that's what he believes in you know that you don't you work through these knocks and if and if you if you don't make yourself available you pretty you you find yourself like Kieran Tierney and Tommy Yasu pretty quickly and then the final one is the player if the player thought he blew his knee out the player would have taken himself off uh, we know that you know William Saliba said no to Mikel Arteta and said that he would not risk his back for a Premier League title. Good decision. So I think that there's a there's a lot of factors keying in here, but reality is we can't we can't go back in time. It is what it is, and we just have to hope that whatever has happened. I don't know the medical term, but you have to hope that it's it's the cleanest ACL issue. It's the easiest one. That there are no complications. That there are no infections. That surgery is successful, and that he is very young, twenty two years old. You know, doing it at like Bobby Perez did it late in his career, um, and I, I don't think he—I don't think he came back the same. No, I think he, I think he lost. I, he lost pace. He—he he was never the same player after that, sadly. And what a majestic player he was in his prime. But I'm confident for for Timber. These guys look after themselves. You know, they're—they've uh, trained, uh, they're trained, watered, and fed to within an inch of their life. Like, hopefully, he's focused. I guess the the most difficult part of these injuries is the mental side of it. You're running around doing. Pires did it though. He, Pires did do it in I think two, in the two in the 2002 season, and he was still good enough to be an invincible in 2004. So, but I, I hear you. Yeah, you know, like I just remember him not. He just wasn't quite the same. Had yeah. an impact, but just not quite the same. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, we we just got hope that he comes back and he's um he deals with the mental side of it because. You know, I work around players that get injured now, and it's the the mental toll it takes. That all your all your teammates are out having fun. He doesn't even know this squad, so I hope that they're. You know, I, I'm hundred percent sure that they will be integrating him, uh, bringing him around, letting him fly on the charter or whatever, uh, and making sure that he's he's looked after. And then when he comes back, we've got to hope that it all works out. But like, what what a shame! What a devastating. Uh, it just you just feel for him. You're like, ah, ten percent of your career gone to a to a, you know, a, a fluke. Uh, okay, all right. Let's move on to another topic: uh, the the brutality of elite level sport. Arsenal might need to find a replacement of sorts, and um, a few of the the little ITK accounts are coming out saying Arsenal are going to be sniffing around in the market to cover, uh, which I guess is bad news because that means six to eight months is probably the reality. We won't see Timber until next season. Now, um, we've been linked to Laporte again. Um, the French uh, defender. He is French, isn't he? he Spanish? Is French. I thought was he was French or Spanish. Uh, whatever he is, um, he has been linked to Arsenal again. He's been linked to a, a, with a move away from City all summer. Gavardio um, has moved there for 100 million. So you'd imagine the minutes are going to be limited. Pep Guardiola has never shied away from selling players to Arsenal in the past. Laporte is obviously a champion now. Uh, Matt, what do you make of this link? Is it just a little bit too? Is it sloppy? Is it easy journalism? Um, or is it uh, agents taking advantage of the moment to uh, make sure Arsenal know that their client is available? Well, the first thing is he's French-Spanish, so we're both right. Yeah. Um, I think he plays for the Spanish national team. Um, and I think he's a fantastic player. And I've seen a few City fans who I follow saying, what an amazing player to be getting rid of. Like, just shows it's insane that someone of his quality um, and, and a few other people saying that they, they thought he was treated harshly by being dropped, I think, 
um, last season for, for, for key moments. So I think he'd be a great player. Um, I don't think Man City would sell him to us. I just don't. I don't think in a, in, in everything is shaping up to uh, Arsenal, Manchester City, head to head again this season. It feels like Liverpool, Manchester City used to. I think we're. I think we're well ahead of Liverpool, Man United, Chelsea. I think Newcastle are closer to us than those teams. Um, so. I, I just, I just don't think he'd he'd come. Be interesting to see whether we dip in the market. I mean, 20, 29 years old as well. Uh, the, the, the person who a couple of people have mentioned that I think is quite interesting is Fresneda, um, because there was interest in him, um, and it just wasn't quite at the right time at the right moment. He's obviously a younger player, different profile of player, but. I wonder whether they might go back in for for him. But then, that, but that then you've got the pileup. Then you've got the pileup next season. Yeah, but I mean, it's the right price because it's going to be less. It's going to be like a twenty, yeah. a twenty million uh, player. And if it works, it works. If it doesn't, sell. Do we? I sound like, do we I sound like Todd Bowley. Do we? Do you think we need? Do you think we need a a right centre back? Um, I don't. I don't. I don't know. Um, I mean, we bought Durian Timber for a reason, right? Um, the versatility, he clearly... What about a loan move for Laporte? I don't think he's going on loan to us. I think there's too many players, uh, too many teams who would take him and who could, who would be interested in him ahead of us before we Pep Guardiola lets him come to Arsenal. No way. But you do think a move could be on? I think a move could be on because we spent... 40 odd million bringing in a versatile defender. Uh, and to me, I, I mean, this is this is a spicy one. I think Kieran Tierney is Rob Holding esque in terms of what he does to the Arsenal system when he plays. That's not to say he's not a better player than Rob Holding, but we look like an old, we look like Unai Emery team when, when, when Kieran Tierney plays. He can't contribute to the build up, he can only run in straight lines. And he's only got that head down, bomb forward, whip it in with the left foot. And I like him. And, and a lot of people love him. But for me, he 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 hold it, he, he's it's holding esque in terms of what he does to the back line and our whole build up. So he's not an option. We've got to get rid of him. Oh, pinged out there. Maybe we bring forward uh, the the replacement for Tommy Asu. Maybe that is Fresneda. Maybe we bring it forward a season because I yeah. guess if it, what like what's the worst the worst that could happen again if Ben White and William Saliba got injured, what would happen? Yeah, who would back up? We'd be Rob Holding, or it would be Kirio and Gabriel. Kirio and Gabriel. Okay, okay, all right. So uh, Laporta is a no for you, but I'm right back. I'd like him, but I don't think it's a reality. But I, yeah, I want. I think that's. But I mean, this is one of those moments where people have to take advantage. I think Tommy Yassi had one foot out the door, um, and that was really purely down to availability. It wasn't down to ability. But I think he's got a good chance now to go and start twenty twenty five games for Arsenal. Um, mm. He's a good player. He's a good player. He's he was at, like all of these these you know we have a favorite one season next season they're done. <laughs> like, He's a don't good fall player. in love with these Arsenal. 
he's a good player. He's very players. dependable. Who's going to hang on? And and he can he can. It's a bit different, but he, he obviously the build up play is not as good. But he can lock down. Do you remember him coming on, and just locking Rashford down? I think Rashford had three touches in the second half. Did a good job against Mo Salah. Mo Salah, yeah, on left back. So yeah, yeah let's um, let's give Tommy Tommy Yassi some uh, some flowers. I think this could be an opportunity for him. And whenever you win the league, players step in and make a name for themselves. Mm, okay, all right. Let's move on to another topic. People don't want to hear this. John Cross has come out in the media because he is the media, and he said that Arsenal. Um, are hearing rumblings that Saudi might be after Gabriel as one of their next big money moves. Uh, We know that you can earn a lot in Saudi. We know that players that are in their prime get life-changing cash put their way. Um, We've already seen Ruben Neves, a top, top player at 26 years old, um, move to Saudi. Neymar is moving. Um, Most players that move out of the Premier League are mistakes or problem children that are sitting on wage bills. Gabriel is a player right in his prime. He was benched at the weekend. I have I have heard rumblings in the past to not be shocked if Gabriel is sold at some point. Just little rumblings. And I've told people about it. And they go, no, 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 no. I have heard rumblings. This, this seems a little bit too close to the start of the season because we're in the season. Matt, how much money would you take to sell Gabriel? And do you think the tactical switch at the weekend maybe wasn't as tactical as we were led to believe? I think as we've got more information, we've really learned that it was absolutely tactical. Um, I think Amy Lawrence did a great piece in The Athletic talking about this sort of flexibility. And I love the fact that we're basically going, we're going to play a back three against a deep block at home that's going to be a new tactic for us. I love that. I mean, I think that's super exciting. The idea of Thomas party going, uh, covering, but I think a few other people could play that role. Um, but I think we're basically just adding in an extra midfielder, adding in an extra man up top. What an offensive lineup when that clicks, that's just going to annihilate deep blocks. I mean, it was perfect tactically because we just completely broke forest with those two goals. We didn't then finish the job properly, in my opinion. But tactically, I mean, wow. And the idea that, you know, we can take away the, the weakest part of our build-up and put Sleeper in, he'll manage it. I, lo- I love it. And I don't, and I think Gabriel in every big game will be there. Fighting, scrapping, competing. Manchester City, Manchester United, Newcastle, Chelsea, Tottenham, Brentford away, Brighton. You know, he'll be there. And he'll be playing every game. And I think Arteta really, really rates him. But Forrest at home, Bournemouth at home. Um... A lot of chest beating here, Matt. Feels very emotional. It feels like you're uh, taking a big hoof of hopium over here. Matt, ask, answer me this. Why is Gabriel, of all players, being linked to a Saudi club right now? Like, why him? What would give a Saudi club an indication that a young central defender playing for Arsenal is on their agenda. Do you just think they they've got good scouting? I think like, it's just I think because he, well because he was dropped for the first weird? game of the season and he's I think he was dropped for the first game of the season. So it's inevitable. There's going to be rumours and stories, but you know 
you 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 can you can look and go. He was dropped for the first game of the season, or you can go. Arteta has picked him for every single game bar one for the last two seasons. But John John Cross is a reliable journalist. That's that story's come from somewhere. Where do you think that that's come from? Um, Saudi, Saudi. Yeah. It's a, all that, like I don't. I'm I'm not saying I believe it. I'm just saying it's a weird story to put out there. Well, I'll tell you Don't what. Be surprised. I'll tell you what. With with Yuri and Timber injured, Gabriel's going absolutely nowhere this season. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna, but they're gonna put that on lockdown. They're gonna put yeah. that on lockdown yeah. unless they've got somebody absolutely massive lined up. But it's 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 almost if you were to say what what but defender who? in his position would you take over? I wouldn't Gabriel? take anyone over Gabriel. Don't I don't I don't think I would either. I don't know. He knows I, I don't us. Know who we you know have him lined up. It's a perfect combination, him and Saliba. It's like a Ferdinand Vidic, a Terry Carvalho. You know. I also think it's a little bit brutal that people pick on his distribution. He's pretty good out the back. It's not yeah, terrible. He's great. You know, he's, he's great. Very good. And, and he's 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 about raw aggression. Agree. Okay. All right. Next topic of conversation. Uh, something I know you hold dear to your heart, Matt. Where's your famous atmosphere gone? Where's your famous atmosphere? Um. Yeah, no, it was it was disappointing to hear yeah. um, that the atmosphere was uh, a little, really not that great at the weekend. Um, a few people have put it down to a twelve thirty kickoff. A few people have put it down to the debacle getting into the stadium. Um, but I think there's definitely some warning signs for me around atmosphere. Um, and you know, a twelve thirty last season wouldn't have stopped the fans giving it everything they got from an atmosphere standpoint. Last season was just incredible. Um, the season before it was really building as well. Um, it's been cited by Mikel Arteta as a key piece of the resurgence. There's this dynamic between uh, fans and players. Um, you know, there's been a lot of measures sort of put in place, but the thing about an atmosphere is it's a bit like a relationship. You sort of have to work at it. And when you stop working at it or you start taking it for granted, it goes to shit a little bit. And there's been a lot of rumblings about the relationship between the club and the fans that have given me a bit of a sense that maybe they've just take it for granted that now we've got a good atmosphere. Um and I think part of that is engagement with fan groups. Part of it is investment in uh, displays. Um, part of it is making sure that people can get into the ground at the right time, making sure that people can get a beer in their hand when they want a beer in their hand, making sure that people spend time um, getting in there early and in the, and in the concourse versus um, the debacle that happened. Much of it, some of it is about getting hold of tickets, the ballot, is a bit of a disaster and has really rubbed people up, getting people together in the ground. Um, and so I really, really urge the club to recognise that atmosphere is not something that you can take for granted. It's something that's built um, and and continue to put the hard yards in. I know our commercial director is, uh, is, is from Ascot. That's where she used to run Royal Ascot. That's, that's her, that was her her thing before she came here. And this is not the same. This is really, really, really not the same. We're not about uh, 
ballots and giving everyone their day. It's not a, it's not a democracy. It's about rewarding the most loyal fans and giving everyone the opportunity to become a loyal fan. That's the way I see it anyway. Um, I would much rather the most loyal fans went more than the Johnny Come Lately supporter who just wants to go and see it and that'll be it. And maybe Go for the Instagram picture. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'm the kind of person I saw someone I know on Instagram and he said... Taking my father-in-law. My father-in-law is a massive gooner, and he's never been to the Emirates. I'm taking him for the first time. And uh, the guys, the, the father-in-law must have been about seventy. And uh, and everyone in the comments was like, "Oh, it's so great! How did he enjoy it?" I'm thinking, well, he lives in London, and he's seventy, and he's never been to the Emirates. He can't be that big a gooner. That's my personal take on it. Maybe that's very unfair, um, but. You know, I just think um, I just think it's got it's got it's got to resolve itself. I think there's been a lot of talk about the Ashburton Army. Um, obviously, a lot of benefits associated with their role. They're 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 fuming a little bit around their allocation being cut and their relationship with the club um, being um, being strained a little bit. Um, I was quite sympathetic to their plight. Um, but it was interesting hearing people who go to way more games than I do now. I live in the States and talking about them and going, yeah, fantastic what they've done for the atmosphere. Really, really appreciate it. Um, it's made a huge difference. Um, we should support them in what they do. But for fuck's sake, lose the pixelated faces, use the lose the faux hooligan stuff, lose that. And you can still be a big contributor to the atmosphere and you can still have a role as a unique force within the Arsenal fan base without these like old tired stereotypes that frankly scare club hierarchy. No one's asking you to become like the club hierarchy, but at least have the sense to recognise who you're talking to and understand that if you want a bigger seat at the table then you're going to have to talk to them in a way that, frankly, doesn't scare the shit out of them and make them think that you might be a loose cannon because, frankly, the backdrop is anti-Semitic messages on group chats and they've turned the corner, they've said they've turned the corner, the page has been turned, but you've got to demonstrate that you've grown up as well. So it's, 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 it's quite complex, but also not that complex. Yeah, it- it, it is complex. I think that there are a few things at play. It's really difficult to get a gauge of what is truth because Arsenal can't defend... Arsenal and the people running Arsenal supporters cannot defend themselves against press releases. There's not a comeback. So Ashburton Army can say what they want and the fans will either get behind it or they won't. I think that on the other side of things, listen, these are... Kids, they're 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 young, under twenty threes. They've got their little brand vibe. They want to do pixelated faces. Like, good for you. If you want to dress up in black, good for you. Give yourself a bit of uh, make make Arsenal intimidating. Why not? Uh, it's partly down to. I mean, I don't know whether the Arsenal hierarchy are, are scared of them, but you have to you have to deal with these personalities. And I think the the key thing for. You know, sometimes in the corporate world, you forget 
when you've got a nice job or whatever and you're just going in and they're just part of your day like the this is their lives they love this this is the most important thing in their week you've been that age matt and how many how many years did you do away travel how important was that were you thinking about anything else did relationships in your life suffer because arsenal was the most important thing it did right of course and i think sometimes you have to like think about think about it through the lens of these supporters they're like we show up we make tifos we write songs we 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 take a, a, a the average age in that emirates stadium is not young because it's an expensive ticket and people hold onto their tickets forever. You need that injection of something into the stadium. So when you're, when your mates in your WhatsApp group are complaining about them, I see people bitching about them online. Everybody's forgotten Arsenal was the worst atmosphere in the Premier League without a shadow of a doubt. I have, I have never been to a sporting venue more bereft of atmosphere than the Emirates Stadium. And I used to sit in it week after week. No one would sing. Everyone would groan. Everybody knew that it was going to be shit before they went in. Everybody knew it was shit after. It was a horrible, horrible experience. These guys have come in, not when we're winning. They've come in during the difficult times. And they're have they got have they got issues? Yes. Anti-Semitism is a fucking scourge. And everybody should speak up and say it is despicable what is going on all around the world against Jewish people. There is no room for that. But if Arsenal have moved on from it, then we can move on from it. And just hope that if if it comes back, then Arsenal do detach themselves from them. But you have to you have to say the people that are putting an effort in should not be getting their ticket allocations reduced, and the the older fans in the fan base shouldn't be bitching about them. Like shut up, I, I can't I can't have it. I, it drives me crazy. It's like you're you're the groaners. You've been sitting in that stadium groaning. You haven't been contributing. Now someone's come along. They're getting a little New York Times write up, and people start getting angry. They don't like the credit that they're getting. And I think it's uh, I think people need to remember where we were and where we are. And Arsenal should be bottling what's working, bottle what's working in the good times because when the bad times come, you you don't want to forget it, and you want to keep those relationships going. So I think that the you know Arsenal hierarchy sometimes you have to take an L when you're in a position like that. To, to move things along. Ashburton Army, you're talking to people that have day jobs. Don't humiliate them. Don't put don't put somebody's name up on Twitter because people don't want to be threatened online. People don't want to have their Instagram handles found. People don't want horrible messages on LinkedIn. Like be professional. And if you're a professional and you talk with people, you tend to get what you want. I don't like the the flaming people or doxing, basically. Um, but Arsenal don't don't now be like everything's going well like fuck the supporters we don't need them we do i love the supporter culture that we have uh in, in america they have a whole stand dedicated to singing in germany they have a whole stand dedicated to singing arsenal have got this little section it should be a whole section and it should be the noisiest most fun atmosphere because people want to be part of that older people want to go to a stadium with a rocking atmosphere because it makes it an enjoyable experience. So I hope that everybody can come together. And I just wish the criticism wouldn't be so strong against people actually trying to do something. That's yeah, yeah. I like that. I agree with all of that. Okay. Um, let's move on to another topic. Right winger rumblings, not talking about Nigel Farage and his bank account, Matt. I'm talking or about or DeSantis. <laughs> I'm talking about DeSantis and that campaign that's absolutely tanking. I guarantee you someone will come on and say, don't don't bring politics into it. 
All right, all right. We're going to move on. The right wingers we're talking about are the right wingers that could be even more dangerous. They're even more dangerous. We're looking, Arsenal have got to be looking for an absolute speed merchant on that right wing. My biggest fear, Matt, this season is a Bakayo Saka injury because, listen, I've told you 25 times this summer, I don't think Reese Nelson is good enough to sustain a place on that right-hand side. Currently, I don't really think we've got many options from the right. Some of my group chats are saying, listen, you've got Trossard, you've got Havertz. Um, we can make it work. You've got Smith Rowe if you want. Matt, what do you think about the right winger rumblings? Do you think that we'll move or do you think the right back issues that we've got now take precedent? Um, I think the right back issues take precedent. I think um, he'll look at it, Arteta, and go, if we can see 10 less goals last season, we win the league. We don't need to score 10 more goals. Um, I think that it probably is, he's probably thinks he's got enough. My uh, my thought on right wing is, is an odd one. I think it's Fabio Vieira. I think that's where he can play. I think he can do a bit of a Bernardo Silva, um, obviously with a lot of improvement in performance and some coaching. But I thought he came on and played quite well there in the community shield. I think that's an obvious place for him to play. I think we're just going to have to fudge it a little bit. We spent a lot of money this summer. We may have to spend some more. And then I think next year is about a striker, a, a right winger. Um and then and then and then one one other really, so um, I don't really expect any any major deals coming in. Musa Diaby would have been looks like he would have been a good option. Scored on his debut, quick, good price. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm not expecting anything more. I think the timber news makes us think that we need to maybe think more defensively at cover because. We know that Tommy S is not going to make it through. You, do, you, do you think there could be another in? I think that Arsenal are definitely going to look at bringing in another player. I think if Tim, I think if Timber hadn't have got injured, I think we would have tried to sign a right winger, um, just for just for numbers. Like I, I don't think we'll put Havertz at right wing this season. Just don't, just not sure. No, I don't think he's that. a right. I don't, I don't think he's a right wing. But I think we've got Nelson. I think Nelson is just was just about securing value. I think you just like look at it and you go 100 grand a week, can sell him in a year. Whereas we're about to, he's about to go on a free and might be able to get 20 million for him. I mean, 15, 15 million, 20 million. If he has a good season, if he scores a few more Bournemouth S goals and he's a good, good impact sub. So I think that was about protecting value rather than thinking he's full necessarily a solution for the future, but he can, he can change people's minds. Um, yeah, we've got Fabio Vieira. Um, I am aware that sound saying Fabio Vieira is an adequate replacement for Bakai Saka makes it look like I'm on drugs. Um, but it does, yeah. But, well, we'll I'm see. Be, we'll see. I'm so, trying to be positive. The Timber News. I think Fabio Vieira could have a good season this year. Like uh, we're we're now over players having any sort of betting in period. Like it wasn't on. It wasn't unusual in the Wenger years to have a player not quite hit the ground running. Like Freddie Lundberg didn't have an amazing. Um, first season, scored some important goals, but it didn't really click until season two. Reyes, um, I think, took a you know a couple of seasons to to get to get up to speed. Perez definitely did. I think we can give Vieira the benefit of the doubt this season. Arsenal fans don't want to. They like they're, they're like oh, I'm done with him. I'm done with him. I tell you, he scores some more screamers like he did against Barcelona. I think we'll be changing our minds. 
I wouldn't Agreed. want it over 10 games, though, that's for sure. Agreed. All right, Matt. Okay, well, this was a, a lovely uh, Monday night special. You're listening to this right now. You'll be getting this Tuesday morning in your ears. Um, okay, you excited for the week? Yeah, I'm excited for the week. The Timber News, oh, God. You know, you were talking about the Ashburton Army and how, you know, uh, Arsenal is probably the most important thing in their lives at, at full stop at that age. The crazy thing about Arsenal and football is that it never really goes away and stops being like that. Um, it's just occupies so much thought. And I, the timber injury actually has really, really got me down. Um, just very, very painful news. Um, takes up some of the gloss off like the start of the season. So disappointed with that. We've now got a long wait because we're not playing till Monday night at Selhurst Park. Um, but there's some interesting games before that. We're going to get a chance to look at some other teams. I think that City-Newcastle game. Wow. After Newcastle's demolition job. Um, that's going to be a really, really big game. I think um, I'm excited. That that one's the sort of the pick of, pick of the weekend for me. I think. Yeah. What do you make of our rivals over this window? From a from a playing standpoint, um, I think it's much of a muchness. I thought Chelsea and Liverpool, Chelsea looked promising, but I mean, I think we're streaks ahead. To be honest, um, I mean, they're, they're buying every single player going. Like the, you can't be shit forever. When you spend a billion pounds, it's, it's just impossible. Um, and you've got a decent coach. So, you know, they're going to... Caicedo feels like a, a big signing. Caicedo is a big signing. Um, Lavia as well. I mean, Lavia as well. Like, they are they are running riot, Chelsea. I mean, it's no one's ever seen anything like it. And I think it's going to be really interesting to see what happens. We've got a plan in the works to get a... Uh, legal financial expert to come and talk to us about financial fair play. He thinks that Chelsea have no interest in even um, just 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 participating in financial fair play. They just want to do what they want and they'll pay the fine. It's increasingly looking like that, I have to say. Yeah, okay. Well, I think you've got somebody that you want to line up to come on to talk yeah, about. Yeah, we've got someone lined play. up. So um, that'll be happening hopefully this week. Ooh, a little financial fair play special. I'm excited about that. Okay, Matt, how are you spending the rest of your week? What are you looking for? What am I looking for? Any games coming up that you're excited? Next weekend's games are pretty spicy. Next weekend's, yep. But I mean, we've got Palace away on Monday night. Um, That is extremely tough game. I can't believe it got moved from Saturday to Monday. I would have much rather been playing at Soho's Park on a sunny Saturday afternoon than first home game under the lights at Soho's Park that I think that makes the difficulty level go up by about... Don't we always get Selhurst Park? Selhurst Park is always under the radar. L- last season, we had it at home. It was the first game of the season, wasn't it? It was sort of sunny and nice on a Friday night, I think. But the away game, the away, the away game, game was under the lights, wasn't it? No. wasn't? It was the opening day of the season. Friday oh, night. Of course. Sorry. Friday think, night. Yeah. But this, yeah, I don't, I don't like, I don't like, don't like this one. But get through that and then Fulham at home and yeah, it's it's a nice, it's a good start. Let's be honest, it's a good start. We've got to win those three games and go into that Man United game. Firing. So my hot my hot take from this weekend: it's very difficult to draw any sort of conclusions. You shouldn't from one game anyway. But Newcastle opened up an Unai Emery defense, like big deal. Like Unai Emery opening the floodgates, absolutely standard. Chelsea, Liverpool, who knows where those two clubs are um, in general? Wolves versus United. 
United were very, very lucky today. Um, and Manchester City, of course, they're going to beat Burnley 3-0. But next weekend, Spurs United, that could uh, that could tell us a few things. And that, That's at White Hart Lane, isn't it? That's at White Hart Lane. Manchester City versus Newcastle um, at Manchester City. Oof, that's going to be... Then, yeah, West Ham Chelsea. I, I don't know. Just uh, an interesting game. London Derby, nice and early. Um, so I'm thankful that we've got Crystal Palace. Let's hope that we can put on a good performance. Yeah, that West Ham Chelsea will be a fiery one. Um, Newcastle, I think, are going to give Man City a, a good game. Um, Isaac was the star of the show for me. He's just getting two goals so early in the season for him. I think that tees him up. That could be a 20-goal a season um, for him this year. Well, that little chip goal that he scored at the weekend was absolutely unreal. I, I think he's... A, I mean, we had our chances. We could have signed him. It would have been a huge gamble to sign him. Um, he went completely off the boil. You've written a lot on this subject, but he's, it certainly looks like a missed opportunity now. But hindsight is a wonderful thing. Indeed, indeed. And Arsenal Arsenal look like we need one of those strikers at some point. Shame it can't be Isak, but there are plenty of other strikers in Europe that we could potentially go after. All right, Matt, um, that's the end of the show. If people are listening to this podcast know that you can get patreon.com forward slash the arsenal opinion content uh for just three pound fifty a month and if you like giving out five star reviews there's no better podcast to give a five star review than this one so just go on to itunes we're getting a lot of five star reviews i noticed we are some some people are picking holes at the people that left three star reviews love to see that three star review people what are you like grow up um okay matt we'll say ciao for now see you later for now Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.